Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles, who's currently mad at me because we had to redo this. <laughs> oh, man. I loved it. It was a mess. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm sorry. Oh, it was- I'm, tra- I'm trying to make sure I do this right. But anyway, so episode 21. Landed Donovan episode. Well, the older number, the older number. And we all know how much Hector hates Landed Donovan for no, for a lot of reasons, for his valid reasons. But, you know. So so you you stating that my reasons for for my hatred towards Landed Donovan is valid. In your opinion, I'm pretty sure they're valid. No, you said it was valid. You just said it was valid. I know. In my opinion, you said that they were valid. Valid reasons beyond your reasoning. So that's why I'm saying, like, in your reasoning, in your opinion. You can't say that there's validity. If it's just between, in my eyes, that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm letting you, you know that, that I'm not trying no, to change your you opinion. You can't say it's validity because you, you know, that the that response is usually, well, that's your opinion and you move on from it. But you're saying that there's validity in it, which means that you're, there's somehow, validity in it in your eyes. And I don't want to take that away. Stop saying there's validity in it. <laughs> okay. Then in, your they're saying that in some way you agree. <laughs> I don't. Then but, stop saying that there's validity okay, in it. In your opinion. There you go. Jesus Christ. I oh learned the. English. You mean English? Yeah, I need to learn it. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I need. But English. anyways, you want to give your little moment with Landon Donovan? You know, go ahead and jerk him off. Yeah, I'll jerk him off. Sure, why not? But the Landon Donovan old school episode, the number twenty one. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. See, it wasn't. Mm. Eh? Mm. Yeah. Christian Palace is better, and of course. Anyways, <laughs> all right, so. Uh, we have a great show lined up once again. Episode twenty-one. You know what? How disrespectful is it that you're saying Landon Donovan, but the greatest twenty-one that has ever shown his face on the field is Andre Pirlo, and yep. you're a Juventus fan. I know. How dare you, sir? Well, to I mean, that's the thing. I'm, trying, you, I'm trying to bring the Americanized. Uh, uh, 
Are you, I was gonna say, are you are you gonna try to say that Land Dom is better than Andre Pillow? No, I'm saying like I'm trying to bring it over to the American side. Who fucking cares? This is a soccer podcast. This is a general soccer podcast. Oh, it says the guy who's like, we gotta get more eyes on the men's national team. We gotta get more talent. So I'm just I'm just trying to bring it in because I'm US. stating I'm stating a fact about the U.S. men. Wait, I never said they need more talent. They got the talent. They, they just need the a better right manager. Now. Okay, there, there you go. That's so, what you. The fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> bro? Where are you today? Like. Clearly, I'm still at work, but <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Just, just, just don't let it get to you. I, 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 any little thing I say about Landon Norman being so great or whatever, it kind of gets to you. Because he's not great. <laughs> Did you ever think that I'm just saying these kind of things to get on your skin and it's it clearly, working? It clearly, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Because you ride his jock way too hard. What are you talking about? No, okay. I only have one Landon Donovan jersey and it was on sale. Number 10. That was it. Still, that was the U.S. Men's National he's Team. He's still riding on his jock. He was a good player back then. A, not, good, not, a good player. Not a great player. A good player. I'll give you yeah. that. I'm not saying that I don't think he's a bad... I don't, I'm not saying that Landon Donovan is a bad player. I just said the dude just didn't know when to retire. Begin the rant. No, I'm not going to give a fucking rant <laughs> on this. I'm just saying... I, I, I've stated that I know what Landon Donovan has done for U.S. soccer. I know that he's a talented player. I know that he's done so much things. But the way he ended his career is what I didn't like. I didn't appreciate it because I saw for what it was. And it was just him. One, I gave him props that he came back to go help out the other galaxy. I thought that, that was a really noble thing of him. But for him to think that he was going to be able to jump right back into U.S. men's national team in the middle of a World Cup qualifying run, when he had zero anything to do with that World Cup run and he assumed that he was going to be in the World Cup roster. No, I'm sorry. That's where I had a problem. And then he went off and made some petty commercials with, with Foot Locker with James Harden and he's just like, no, of course I was in the World Cup. I was a captain. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's what I didn't like. And then obviously he had the commercial with Wells Fargo about him saying, oh, I rep for Mexico now, especially when the entire country of Mexico despises you because I, I was there at Soldier Field for the Gold Cup final. And we and I saw a bunch of Mexicans yelling out "Chingas Don, uh Donald Trump," but also "Chingas Umada Landon Donovan." Hmm. Well, people were chanting more about Donovan than Trump. That should tell you something there. Yeah, yeah. Any Trump supporters listening to us? You know, no hate. Oh no, man, we went a few. We went pretty deep in a few. A few. Episodes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we went pretty out there. Oh, we were out there. It was the revolution. Oh, yeah. Ah, anyways. anyways. <laughs> so we got a jam-packed episode. We got some headlines. We got some game recaps. We have an interview with former US, U.S. men's national team player Heath Pierce, three-time MLS All-Star Heath Pierce. Super excited about that interview. It was a great interview. It's going to be very informative. I think you guys are going to love it. Um, so I'm just really excited that we had someone that has played the game and has played the game in the U.S. men's national team jersey. Yeah, and so, from what you told me, he's laid back. Super laid back. The dude's the bro. Oh. So, uh, so really bro. But yeah, so, and then of course, and then we'll have players of the week, have game previews, and wrap things up with a very interesting three up, three down that I think a certain amount of our A listeners. certain group of people would learn, would know to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so let's get going, Edward, with some headlines, man. Right, but before we do, Players fuck up. And, but before we get to the headlines, man, let me tell you guys about Fanatics. Fanatics has a wide variety of apparel of all sports from the NFL to NASCAR. 
and of course, soccer. Hey, man, as a matter of fact, obviously, we know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So if you guys want to get some playoff gear, if you're trying to, apparently, like Edward was saying last episode, like, oh, we're trying to leave the Texan bandwagon. Well, now's the time. Now's the time. You can be a Tampa Bay Bucks fan or you can be... You could get that Brady jersey. You get that Brady's got that Brady jersey. You get that Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is from what state? The great state of Texas. Yeah, and then but Brady's going up there. He's, I mean, he's trying to show everybody like, hey, I don't need the Patriots. He's like, I can do it on my own with this other team, and he's showing it. So I'm just, I can't, I can't hate on the guy. I can't hate on the guy as much as I'm like, man, like, damn it, can't really say much about that. I guess you can say that. All right, but. Not only are all those all those sports, but also, of course, the game soccer. So start your year right with some fanatics. Check the link in the bio on our Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. There's a link. It's called. It'll take you to our link tree. Um, just click on the link that says fanatics. Go to that link and get some shopping done. If you guys do do that, um, you will not only be supporting us, InsertNameFC, but also the Unhinged Sports Network, which is the network that we are a part of. Unhinged. So yeah, so make sure you guys do that so you can help us out so we can get to our goals and maybe Edward and I will not be doing this ep- episodes in our in my bedroom. Maybe we'll actually be in a nice studio where, and maybe we can actually get Spencer over here to Texas. Yeah, that's the dream right there. So yeah, so we can hear Spencer laughing while we're saying all our dumb shit. Yeah, especially right now, early on, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, man, so you ready to get it with some headlines? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the first headline is... Newport County goalkeeper sets Guinness world record. So what? He he set a, a the Guinness world record. Yep, not a just Guinness not world just record. not just like a FIFA record. Nope, a Guinness world record. What? So the goalkeeper's name is Tom King, and he scored the longest goal in a competitive match, which was 105 yards, 96 meters for you Canadians. That well, everybody, basically every other country that uses the metric system. <laughs> yeah. Um. 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 Uh, Mexico, I believe, uses meters. They don't use feet. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I was specifically shot, I was shouting out to Canada just because we have bleacher connections on, yeah. on Sports Network, which is like, how's it going, eh? But um, but let's face it, everybody else in the world uses the metric system. We're the only ones that still use that use this, which the feet and inches and yeah, yeah, miles. <laughs> <laughs> it's kilometers in some areas. Yeah, but you know that's where we live in. Yep. Anyways, but but yeah, so so like I said, Tom Keem scored the the longest goal. It was a Guinness World Record. Um, I mean, I don't know if you got to see the video. It got pretty viral when it happened. So did he he do it? Did he do it off the line? Like let's say off of a let's say oh it was a it was a goal kick or mm, I want to say it was or at least it felt like it. Hmm. At least if I mean it basically was from goal to goal. Yeah, because I mean that's a hundred. Hundred yards, yeah. Hundred and five yards. So, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it would be basically from inside I mean, his box. I mean, to if you need a reference, man, you just got to remember, like, especially here in the U.S., when you have like soccer fields converted from football fields, and you kind of get to see like how big a soccer field is compared to a, a football field. Right. Right. You're really just not going to say anything while I'm drinking water. Thanks. No, I mean, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see. But yeah, no, it's like congrats to him. Obviously, um, who would have thought? That, I mean, who would have thought it would come from you know Newport County? 
Yeah, um, right. You know, a lower division team from England. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting. Might, might be a lot of people might start like trying to do some FIFA career modes, like Road to Glories with New Park County, just because now they have a, a Guinness World Record winning <laughs> goalkeeper. That's crazy, though, man. Like, not only did you score a goal uh, from a like, long distance, but then you break a Guinness uh, World Record. Yeah, actually, I saw it right now. Um, that goal was basically from a goal kick from inside his, the little box, inside his box. Mm-hmm. He literally just kicked it. It took a bounce. So it went all the way. Everybody basically missed the header. It took a bounce. It bounced up. And when they hit that bounce, the goalie on the opposite team was already kind of outside. And when it took that bounce, it jumped up. And the goalie tried to reach for it. He, I couldn't touch it, I guess. It took a bigger bounce than he thought. And it just went in. So I was like, what? Yeah, that's how it goes. What the hell? That's just how it goes. It was a long ass kick, though. Like, I saw it. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's impressive. Shoot. So, I don't even uh, know. Con- I could pull congrats that off. To, congrats to Tom King. Um, congrats, eh? Definitely, definitely a big, big part. What the fuck was that? Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, congrats to him on the major feat. All right, man. So, you guys know I've been actually pretty good at. Kind of, you know, uh, showing support to our our women's soccer players. Uh, as of lately, obviously, you know, you, you saw me give a shout out to Sarah Fuller. Yay! Um, our the real goat, um, Christine Sinclair. <laughs> I didn't know the name. I just, it's, he, he, I, I'm, I've just had a long day at work as well as I ever did. <laughs> so, you know, out of mode industry life. Um, but anyways, yep. but yeah, you know, so I've, we've been holding it down. Obviously, we know U.S. We know the soccer team that dominates at least their international stage. Um, so, but I think the women's national team just got a little bit stronger, which it, it, it's talented. They, they already have talent. Like they, are, they have the talent, they have the like, skills, they, they have probably, the, like they have the players. Their fifth string is probably significantly top tier in the world as well. Like we, we, you know, like. It's just, it's just like that's how it is. But anyways, they just got stronger because they added a big, big name to their. Um, I'm sure eventually will be in the rosters, but will right now currently dominate the NWSL, and that is Trinity Rodman. Rodman. Why does that name sound familiar? Because her father is the dominant center, former Chicago Bulls player, former LA Laker, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. That's crazy. The, the um, well, I haven't really seen her, but does she have his height, maybe? Or, um, I mean, I would. I, I never actually like looked at her measurements, but I mean, she looks up there. She's maybe. up there. She. But yeah, man. I mean, that's that's pretty intense. Like that's that's insane. Like, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I did see a video of uh, Dennis Rodman like kind of putting his little girl in soccer. And, um, but it was just like, you know, I didn't think much of it until right now. I was like, huh, you know, she, she's now, you know, she's 5'10". 5'10"? I mean, considering, you know, that's, that's actually pretty tall. I mean, I'm 5'9". So she's an inch taller. I mean, Dennis Rodman is 6'7". Yeah. 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 So. Maybe, maybe he wasn't a center. I mean, he, he had like, he had a shit ton of rebounds. I'll give him that. So I guess maybe that's why I thought he was. He was. He was, he was just aggressive as hell, man. The man just knew how to rebound, man. He was the rebound king. Yeah, man. No, but yeah, no. And going back to Trinity though, so Trinity Rodman, I, she, 
is one, the youngest player to ever be drafted in, into the NWSL. So, I mean, that's pretty badass. Um, she actually got drafted into the Washington Spirit, um, which, um, once had Rose Lavelle. I don't know if, I don't know how their, their deal was because I know she's currently in Manchester City. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was a loan or if she, like, if I think maybe Washington has her, has like her rights if she do, ever chooses. Yeah. I was about to say, do you think they, they have that, um, uh, loan to buy option? Maybe. I mean, I mean, with the trend now that they, everybody kind of wants a piece of American players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look what happened with Weston McKinney, you know, that uh, from Schalke, loan to buy, and they went to... Yeah, but I mean, I'm not entirely sure about how that deal went down, because I know, like, a lot of NWSL players, like, I know they go, you know, play in Europe, and then, like, eventually come back. Like, I mean, Rachel Daly did the same thing, went to go play at West Ham, and now is back with the Houston Dash. Um, but, and I know... I believe Alex Morgan, she's just playing at Tottenham right now, but he's going to be playing in Orlando. I think. <laughs> Don't quote me on it, but, <laughs> but, but, um, but I mean, that's, I still love her. It, it, I still it, love her. It's something that I've seen happen before. So I'm, I don't know if, if Rose Lavelle is going to come back to go play for the Washington Spirit or she's just staying put in Manchester City. Um, maybe something I should probably look into, but I have not. But yeah, so, um, you know, Trinity Robin, man, I like, She's she's gonna she's out there to make a name for herself, and I mean, to be the youngest youngest player to ever get drafted into the NWSL. Granted, the NWSL is not necessarily like a long has a long history of a league, but I mean, the league's pretty exciting. I, I had fun watching the, the 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 Challenge Cup. I had so much fun watching their their fall series. Like it got me wanting more from the NWSL because it's a really fun league. I think there's a lot of talent. I mean, they have Martha. Um, which that's a pretty big name. That's in, a big name in, in women's soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Christine Tinkler yeah. is in that in that league as well. So I mean, you, there's a lot of talent in the NWSL. So I mean, to now throw in a, a young talent like Trinity Rodman and to see what she's going to do in this league in a team like the Washington Spirit, which I think is a really good situation. I think Washington is actually a pretty good team. So to get, put her in that in that position to go play with a really good team, Ooh, I think you she's know gonna, what? We'll we'll keep an eye on her just to see how things go for her. Yeah, and I can't wait to see her in, in the women's national team. I think yeah. it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of coverage on her. Do you? Do you? I, know? Unfortunately, it's because of her name. Yeah, but I think that she's gonna keep the cameras on her because she's gonna prove that she's more she's, than just more Dennis Rodman. Yeah, daughter. she's more than just the name of Rodman. She's a. She's gonna make her own name. If anything, maybe I mean, you know how some players have like their first name. Or like even their middle name has their has their jersey name. Maybe she might actually just put Trinity on her on her jersey. I don't think so. I think she's been. I mean, she's she's proud of her name. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like you know how sometimes they feel overshadowed just by the name. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that that's her situation. Okay. I don't. I don't think she's like. Oh my god! Like people are just gonna think of me as Robin. You know. Yeah. Um, though I can't find a, a single picture of like you know the back of her jersey. But anyways. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll we'll keep an eye out on her and see how she does in Washington Spirit. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be fun to watch, and I'm sure there'll there'll be a bunch of of Dennis cameos once people <laughs> are able to be uh, back, like back in the. I mean, I think that there's you can there's like a certain number of fans that could be in the stadium, but it's still not like you know. Yeah. Once all this pandemic stuff is over, hopefully. But yeah, so now going into the final headline, and that is Frank Lampard has been sacked. 
that actually took me by surprise. I did not expect that at all. So this just happened today. So for well, well, actually, if you guys are listening to this Monday, this is dropping on Thursday. So, <laughs> but we record on Mondays. Um, and uh, so this just happened on Monday. Uh, yeah. So Frank Lampard is is fired. Um, and I can understand why. And let's hear your reasoning. Um, I mean, you did spend a shit ton of money this summer. Shit, um, but and, two, two of the players were basically uh, like but, almost a hundred million. But but no, because it's four four guys that they spent. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, just in those two. Zayek, Zayek. But just I'm saying, just in the two German players, I think that was over a hundred k or a hundred mil. But I'm just saying, like you spent a lot this summer. You were making moves to win the EPL. Yeah. Like your goal wasn't to finish in second. Your goal was to, you know, win, win the whole damn thing, which is asking a lot, especially when you have Man City and Liverpool the way they've been playing. Well, then again, Liverpool and Man City have been playing the way they've been playing. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, well, and then once again, Liverpool and Man City have been playing the way they've been playing and they're currently at ninth place. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I get why Chelsea would be wanting to sack. Frank Lampard. I mean, you can say all the positive things that Frank Lampard has done. Um, I mean, but the big issue, at least when Chelsea has kind of had their struggles, because they kind of fell off. They fell off. They fell off pretty bad. And I think it's just the fact that guys are playing out of position. Timo Werner hasn't been really been playing in his comfortable spot. He's been playing kind of on the wings. Um, Havers, I don't necessarily think has been playing in his comfortable position as well. I think he's been he's been playing. I, as I, I feel like he's false nine. Almost. I feel like he's played like. Five positions. I, I might be over exaggerating. It might be only like four, but he's played multiple positions. While he's never, they've, these guys haven't been playing a set position, and, and I mean, or have been playing out of their comfort zone. So it's like one of those things where um, you just haven't really gotten the best out of your roster. Um, and, and I and once again, you spent a shit ton of money. Yeah, and a shit ton this, is putting it mildly. So you spent a lot on this roster, and it's not living up to your expectations. Um, I mean, yes, it's Frank Lampard. It's a legend. It's a club legend and, and all those things. But uh, I mean, you know, you want to compete and you're just not going to compete. Um, so they let Frank Lampard go. And I honestly say, like I said, I understand why they're firing Frank Lampard. Um, and this is kind of where it goes with my argument that sometimes maybe it's not a good idea to hire unproven managers like uh, a Frank Lampard. Maybe we're going to be like, well, what about Mikel Arteta? At least Mikel Arteta has been man has done some sort of coaching before he went to Arsenal. I mean, he was with Pep Guardiola in Man City, uh, being one of his assistants before he became the manager of Arsenal. So he has yeah. some managerial experience. May not be as a manager, but has some coaching experience. And, I mean, it's one of the and best. Learning, coaches and out you're learning there. from one of the best. So I mean, I understand. Okay, like Andre Pirlo's situation in Juventus. It, th- those are one of those like once in a lifetime opportunities. Like, it's, that's well, a, I mean, that's know, Steve Kerr coaching the Golden State Warriors. What? Like, did the Golden State Warriors really get better because of Steve Kerr, or was it just the fact that Steve Kerr was coaching a really, really ridiculously talented like, roster in the Golden State or, Warriors? Or, or, for example, you have Pep, who basically made Barcelona really great, but then he went he went to Bayern. I mean, do you really have to struggle when you're in Bayern, like as a manager? Exactly. Now, when you're looking at, at Chelsea, Chelsea wasn't necessarily in the best of situations. Obviously, I think that that time they had... No, that wasn't with the Jose Mourinho. They had Olivier Giroud, I think, as a striker, right? No, the manager. I'm talking about the oh, manager, not the team. Oh, shit. The team wasn't... Be- what, what's wrong with Olivier Giroud? No, no, no. Nothing's wrong with him. It's just 
Okay, after Olivier Giroud, who do you have as a striker? Tammy Abraham. And do you actually trust him? Yes. Huh? I love Tammy Abraham. But but there's a lot. If, of- if Chelsea fucks that up, I hope Arsenal jumps on that guy because that the, kid the has way, talent. But that's what I'm saying. The way it's been going, they've wanted to have like a, I guess you could say somebody with experience with a with a buttload of goals. Somebody that's yeah, but I mean, when you have someone like Tammy Abraham, why aren't you using him? That's that's a question for Chelsea's for Chelsea's coaches. But I'm just saying you're kind of missing the point. The, the, I was talking about the manager, and you're over here talking about <laughs> yeah. The, well, it's, it's okay, let's go. Let's but go whatever, whoever had Chelsea before for Frank Lampard, uh, can't really think of the name outside. Um, it wasn't Mourinho. It no, was, Mourinho was with yeah. with, with Man U. Fucking that up. Um, <laughs> I mean, was he not? <laughs> I'm not even going to respond to that one. I'm just going to stop me like, if I'm lying. <laughs> but um, and obviously now he's doing his thing in Tottenham. Don't worry, guys. Give it, give it a few years, and you you understand why we hate Jose Mourinho as much as we do. <laughs> he's entertaining. I mean, he's okay. entertaining. So, <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, but this is kind of like okay, like I said, Andrea Pirlo's situation. He kind of went into. Like he just got himself in a really great situation. The club doesn't necessarily need to be coached in any particular way. I mean, like Pirlo obviously has a certain insight, has a, a a view in the game, has a has that leadership role that maybe he can really do a good job. But I, I mean, let's see what he can do with a Balak. Like let's see what he does with like a a a, a mid table team or a team that's on the verge of of getting you know relegated. Like let's see him what he does with that before we see him with a top tier club like Juventus. But, you know, clearly Juventus is like, okay, well, this is the GOAT. So, I mean, the the greatest player to have ever worn the number 21. And so, (laughs) take a little shot right there. (laughs) But but I'm saying, like, that was a situation. Look at Mikel Arteta. He didn't necessarily go into the best of situations in Arsenal. Yeah. Let's face it. it, The board is cheap as hell. Yeah. The team is is underwhelmingly (laughs) underperforming. Overwhelmingly underperforming, actually. I should probably say that more. Let's bring this up. The Ozil factor. Like you have somebody who can set up the plays. We're not talking. We're I know, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just like, explaining the situations. Like, God damn it, bro! <laughs> I'm just bringing the foot in. Anyway, so there's a reason why Mikel Arteta is getting criticized. We, there's a reason why Frank Lampard is getting criticized because they're not necessarily in the best of situations. But the only difference between Arsenal and Chelsea is that Arsenal were like, well, we kind of didn't expect to really do much. <laughs> Whereas Chelsea was, well, we spent a shit ton of money, brought. Two of the best German players, at least that's what we thought. Maybe there's a reason why Bayern Munich didn't actually go as heavy as on these guys. Well, okay, uh, I guess you could say this is a. Um... I'm sure Bayern Munich right now is just laughing because they're like, we knew these guys weren't it. <laughs> well, okay, let's put it this way. This, I guess you could say, let me put it in. And watch Bayern Munich buy these guys on the cheap. All right. Well, let's put it this way as in um, car and car talk. It's like um, when you put money into a car that you're just trying to fix. It's an older car. You know, you spend maybe like three grand and you're like, okay, cool, whatever. You fix it. Maybe a few months down the road, it kind of starts leaking on you and stuff. You're like, okay, I kind of was expecting this because it's an older car. But it's like when you buy a new car and after maybe eight, nine months, you start seeing leaks, you start seeing problems with the, the freaking check engine light. You're like, this is a brand new car. What the hell did I spend all this like thirty five grand on this car or sixty grand? So it's kind of yeah, like exactly, exactly. So, so then you kind of you're like, fuck, I regret this decision, and then yeah. you're just like wanting to trade it in. You know, the same shit with the managers. You're like, damn, we let this dude have all this money, 
he bought a buttload of players and yet there's nothing done that we were expecting. So exactly. So I mean the new so with Frank Lampard gone, they needed to go hire somebody. And I mean, there is a manager that is available. I mean, after he got fired from his club, um, which wasn't necessarily like performance based. I mean, okay, you can say what you want about PSG not having like the best of starts, but it's still PSG. Um, and that is Tuchel. Yep. Uh, Tuchel, who obviously managed PSG, um, took him to the Champions League. You know, say, say what you want for that. Um, but also, and I think this is a very important thing to mention. Keynote. Keynote. A key, a key, a key point. Basically, what you're about to say is a key point. Isn't that what I basically just said? <sighs> I'm putting in my word. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, back to this. Let me feel important. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, as, before I got interrupted, uh, um, key point. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, key point. He was the manager of Borussia Dortmund. Specifically, the rise of Christian Pulisic. Yes, sir. So, and he's going to Chelsea, who has Christian Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. So, who do you think benefits from this? Christian Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. So, you know, I'm happy about, even though I'm I'm not, not as a Chelsea fan, because I don't like Chelsea, obviously, because I'm an Arsenal fan. I like to put myself in depression. He has the jersey on as we speak. Go on. But as an American, as a USA supporter, this is great for, for Pulisic because I know, well, at least I know that the chances of him playing more often is going to be a lot higher because of the fact that Tuchel knows Pulisic and it's, it's one of the few players that he has a lot of familiarity with because, well, he managed the guy. So, so I mean, I think this is a good move. I think Tuchel is a proven manager. We've seen what he can do in Dortmund. We've seen what he can do in PSG. Um, I, Sometimes it's it's a good decision to go and get guys with experience. I think I understand like the appeal of having a le- a former legend manage the club. Like Stevie G, that's like a once in a lifetime situation. Once again, Rangers. See, that's proven though. Rangers wasn't great. Yeah. Rangers were not great when Stevie G took over. Look where they are now. They are in clear position to win the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, that's kind of my point. Uh. Mikel Arteta, yes, it's a risk when you go on. Go, I mean, he's not necessarily a legend, so I won't try to over-exaggerate that one. But Frank Lampard, like I said, I just think he was in like a, not necessarily in an easy situation in Chelsea. Though Chelsea was probably a better situation than other teams, um, but still not necessarily the easiest situations. There were high expectations, especially with this year. Like I said, they brought in a a, a big uh, some big signings. Uh, like you said, they spent damn near one hundred million on, on two guys specifically, but they spent a lot and their expectations obviously were really high. And to be in ninth place, it's not a good place to be mm-hmm. in, especially when you have such high expectations. And especially when you have like these um let me put it this way. When you have some such well known up and comers in the Bundesliga in the world, so you're thinking like this is the future of Germany basically and you're actually squandering their talent. And so at that point, you also have to think about it internationally. Like, are they now, now that you see how they play in this league and if they're playing out of position, when you try to put them back in that certain position that they normally play in, are they actually going to play up to their standards? Exactly. Exactly. Especially with Germany being so, such a disappointment. So I'm actually, I'm actually excited to see what Tuchel can do 
with only, I guess, like six months, less than six months in the season. Um, see what he can do in the second half of the season. Um, I don't know if he's going to actually really be able to do any any big transfer signings just because of the fact that, like, I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Uh, but uh, I, I think also the fact that maybe Chelsea probably spent whatever they planned on spending. Um, possibly a little bit more. Possibly a little bit more. Um, I know they did send one of their players to AC Milan. AC Milan has been making some moves to kind of fin- get a, have a have a strong finish for the second half. But I mean, Chelsea, I don't necessarily think they made any moves. Um, at least not not for to finish the season strong. But I mean, I think Tucho is the right guy for. It. I think it is. Well, um, may I say something? I think may I say something? Well, yeah, because like I don't want to cut you off anymore. <laughs> It's probably gonna happen now. In the future. You care, now you no, care about cutting no, me off. No, no, it's probably gonna happen again in the future. But like uh, I was, I was gonna say, I think Tuchel has more than enough to work with, especially with the new players. Oh, I totally agree. I don't think that so, it's one of those things where like, man, I got all this work to do. It's like I actually have a pretty talented roster. He has. Like, he has. I have Christian Pulisic. I have Conte. I have Giroud. I have Tammy Abraham, Zayek. I have Timo Werner, Havertz. Uh, like, I can pick between Keppa and, and Eduardo Mendy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, no, I'm like, no, I'm not, has, I'm not in has, a bad situation. I can, I can work with what I got. It's like, um, and the thing is with him being in the Bundesliga for a while, I think he can work with the German players as well that he has, the new players. So he can actually try to position everybody in the right spots, maybe with everybody, basically. He's, he's worked with a lot of players and he has I, that I, experience. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what this, what is, uh, what his roster looks like for his first match because I think it's it's going to be very telling. Um, I think it's also kind of weird that um, I believe Chelsea had a big win before <laughs> Lampard got fired. Yeah, so that's that's uh, <laughs> it's like man, I won and I still got fired. Holy shit! I think I think I think what should have happened is they were waiting for Chelsea to freaking just bombard the opposite team, their their opposing team. So I think that's probably what the board was waiting for, and it didn't happen. I bombardment. Mean, I mean, if there was a time they fire anybody, it was probably when they lost to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from an Arsenal fan, so I'm just saying. Oh, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't shut the fuck up. It was like, oh, yeah, no, we got, yeah. we got Frank Lampard fired. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's that's my trophy. You know what? I would love, I would love, I would love for you and for my coworker Bert to go at it because he's a Chelsea fan. So that dude was uh, so upset when he's like, man, he was always saying, man. How the fuck are you gonna lose to Chelsea or to Arsenal and blah, 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 blah. like, yeah? I would love for both of y'all to go at it. <laughs> when you say go at it, do you mean like no, 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 like just fist, no, fist no, cuffs, no like, fisticuffs, no cuffs. I'm talking about words. I'm talking about y'all are gonna bring out some <laughs> fucking soccer nerd shit, bro. I promise. I he's he's a very analytical person. He don't play soccer jack shit. But he, he, Wait, what are you he, trying to say about me? <laughs> you know your shit. You play soccer. He's the, he's like he knows his shit, but he goes big time for Chelsea. He's a big Chelsea fan. So. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know. As of right now, I can't really brag about Arsenal. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, I would love to. <laughs> we suck. You should, you should be like, oh yeah, well, at least we're mid table. <laughs> I don't even think Arsenal is mid table. I mean, just you know, just bringing it out there. Just trying to show him. I can just see like it's just me and him. Like, no, my team sucks. No, my team sucks. Uh, you know what? Ah, uh, he's not working tomorrow. <laughs> At least my team didn't spend over. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing you can counter with. We don't. Was, we suck because we don't spend money. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like we we got a tight wallet, and you guys have an open wallet, and you still suck. 
<laughs> you got Tia Werner, we got Lacazette. <laughs> yeah, oh man, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just I, I, I really am interested in seeing how the Chelsea team is going to turn out with this new manager. Like, I, I, I really do. Oh, I totally agree. He, I think he's so, going to be able to use. So, uh, now it's now it's Frank Lampard. Now we can make Frank La- Frank Lampard jokes now. That, yeah, that, I guess. That's our new Pochettino. Oh God, <laughs> damn! I wonder where he's going to end up. MLS. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, actually, he didn't do well in the MLS, man. No, I know that. That but, is him and him and Pirlo. Everybody's like, oh man, they're about to destroy. That. They didn't do shit. No, because think about it, Pirlo. Yeah, they had no, no, but Pirlo, Pirlo. I mean, you got to think about it, Pirlo. He's I mean, not gonna. Oh, wait, wait, he's wait, not wait, gonna. Wait, run. I forgot. We we're supposed to hate Davidia. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. But, but 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 think about it, but. Pirlo back here in the MLS, I mean, he didn't really run a lot. We actually went to one of the games and then he was dribbling the ball really well, but that was it. He didn't really run or he was just doing those crosses, those passes, and he rarely Yeah, but Pirlo's really... not really that much of a runner. Exactly. But at least in the Italian league, when we saw him in Juventus, he was actually like, he at least moved the ball, even if he, he did a smaller dribble. He did the Xavi. He was basically the same thing. Xavi and Pirlo were basically like that player, that that the ones with the vision, with the chameleon. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. But yeah, man. So congratulations, congratulations for Tucho. Uh, unfortunately for Frank Lampard. Um, but you'll be the butt end of our jokes whenever somebody gets fired. I still wish you the best, Lampard. But yeah, you're gonna be the butt of the joke. All right, Edward, we got some game recaps. So what's your game to recap? Okay, my game recap is actually Juventus. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it wrong. I was gonna say Bologna. 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 <laughs> they beat Bologna two to nothing. Just sound Italian. That's that's a, that's it. Bologna. 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 So they beat them 2-0. Um, they had 52% of the possession. So it wasn't that bad of a... Like, it wasn't like, a, oh, Juventus had the majority, like a shell, like 60% and above. It was kind of like uneven. Um, I actually caught, caught the highlights and they actually outshot 23-11. Which and, is what you expect from Juventus. Yeah, I mean, they just, I was shooting, I'm pretty damn sure Ronaldo had his shots in there. He yeah. was just shooting the crap out of it. But he did not put one in the back of the he net. He did not. But he, you know, he, he tried. I'm not going to say he didn't try, but he tried. Um, uh, goals were scored by Arthur, which. What? Yeah. Arthur? There was an Arthur appearance? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he started the game uh, in the 15 minutes. <laughs> Juventus won the trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, dude, I was like, damn, Barcelona, you fucked up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, the, okay. Wait, the, has Pjanic played? <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get back into it. Um, so when Barcelona played against not Eibar, not Elche, it was, I think it was for the Spanish Cup where they had to go into overtime. And then Pjanic was set to shake the first penalty because they had two penalties and both of them were missed. One by Pjanic, one by Dembele. The goalie stopped both of them. Wow. So, yeah. So, it, it, it <laughs> so goes, Juventus did win the so trade. So, Juventus won the trade. I'm not saying Pjanic is a sorry player. It's just... It was a head scratcher. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... The it's head just, scratcher is proven. The, the, the thing is, I... I still think Arthur was the better one. No, no, I, thought, I mean a younger midfielder versus uh, same exact player. Say just, what you want. just let's say a little bit of a space, more hungry. I want to say Arthur is a little bit more hungry. Essentially, is what you're saying is that you lost. Yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, lost, in Barcelona. Lost, lost the deal. So yeah, goal scored by Arthur on the 15th minute, and 
guess who the American Winston McKinney scored? If you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna say, you gotta do the other one. What do you mean the other one? Le Americano. Le Americano. Why why you gotta say it like that, man? Le, Le Americano. Because that's what the Pirlo called him. Le Americano. There, better? Yeah. I even I even high pitched my voice. Like like mama used to make. Like like mama used to make. Um, but yeah, he scored on the 71th minute with a, it was a nice header. I, I don't even think the goalie saw it coming. He just kind of just went Man, up there. Dude, I mean, I was like, McKinney's having a season. Four goals. Four already. goals. Um, I believe two assists, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a, he's, he's, he's a regular. He's showing up. He's, not, he's showing up. He's not playing like a few games every here. No, he's, no not. He, he's playing. He's, he's starting. Pirlo likes him. Yeah. And that, that's saying a lot. Think, do you think, do you think that maybe Pirlo, Thinks it reminds me a little bit of him when he was younger because he's done some crazy passes. He's done some insane passing. He I does do, do a I lot think, of dribbling. I think it's just because of. I think Weston McKinney. The thing is, like, okay, so I am a big Weston McKinney fan, not just because he's from the state. Okay, yes, he's, yeah, because yeah, he's from yeah, the state yeah. of Texas. But I mean, he's just hungry. You see him on the field, like he's he's he'll fight for. I, the ball. I feel more confident thinking that he's going to be the captain of the U.S. than Christian Pulisic. Um, I think Christian Pulisic has all the talent. Uh, has everything. He was in a great situation um, just from the beginning, just because, I mean, he was in Dortmund. Um, Weston McKinney just kind of worked for it. Like, I mean, yeah, he was in Schalke um, at one time a club with some with some respect, but obviously now they are where they are. Um, but <laughs> but Weston McKinney is just the, the example of what hard work does. Um, you see him in the field, like, I mean, you see him run back on for the defense. You see him run back in for the attack. Like, He's everywhere in the field, and I think that I think that's one thing. One thing I why I respect Weston McKinney so much is because of because of his work ethic, and I think that's what Pirlo sees. I think he sees that he earns his spot every single week. Comes in the comes into practice, works hard, and I mean you can see the that you know the players love him. You know you got you yeah. know you know Cristiano Ronaldo and him have a relationship. Uh, apparently he's tw- he swims with uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. So I mean like he he's not just the like the American. He's that's West. That's Weston, or yeah. apparently to Ronaldo, the Texas boy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, but um, it's uh, he he did really well in that game, and that's something you know to be proud of. If you're an American, um, if you're a Juventus fan, like it's 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 seeing an up and coming do that kind of stuff and a very young up and coming at that. So it's like, I mean, I I don't even think he's 21 yet. Yeah, I think he's 19. Yeah, I think so- he's 19. All right, so my game yep. is Monaco, which man, I forgot about these guys. <laughs> I think everybody forgot about. Them. <laughs> you remember Monaco? <laughs> were they supposed to Dude, literally, literally, they supposed to win the Champions League? Literally, the only time I remember is that they had Mbappe, Falcao, James. Like they had all these. Were they supposed to win the Champions League or something? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. Anyway, so they beat Martial three to one. Wow, and, just wow. Yeah, uh, they beat him three to one. Monaco had fifty three percent of the possession. So, kind of similar to what you said with the Juventus game. It's like, not really, like, it was a pretty, at least, close game possession-wise, but, and then Monaco outshot uh, Marcio 8-5, to five, so. I mean, that wasn't even that bad either. Wasn't that bad. Um, but, holy shit, Edward. 39 fouls, 8 yellow cards combined. Damn. <laughs> three more, three more, and it would have been, like, a whole team in yellow like, cards. I feel like we should start highlighting, like, the most penalized games. Oh, God. <laughs> like, holy hell. I mean, usually you would expect that from, like, a Clásico, you know? A Clásico <laughs> or even, like, the, the 
the EPL derbies, you would expect something out of that, like that. But just, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Monaco and Marseille are considered like. I mean, we're not necessarily experts in the in, in league one, but I mean, like, good God, yeah, bro, thirty-nine <laughs> fouls. Ooh. But yeah, so congratulations, to Monaco. You, this is your your one time that we talk about you, aside from whenever I'm like, hey, remember Monaco? <laughs> <laughs> talk about kick kick a person when they're down you know yeah but so those are the game recaps man so we'll go ahead and send you guys over to my interview well i want to say our interview eventually i think the only way we're gonna actually have edward in the interview because i mean we do the interviews like usually whenever i'm off so now edward's working or he has the boys so um yeah if i have the boys and i do an interview you're gonna be hearing daddy daddy yeah panda daddy cars daddy um robot and i'm like okay let me change the channel real quick hold on let's hold on but yeah anyway so (laughs) so but i think the only time we'll ever see edward in interview is probably if we somehow get drew carey oh yeah (laughs) like here we'll drop me like i have to i have to talk to drew carey probably do like some improv in here yeah so (laughs) Um, here's here's our interview with three-time MLS All-Star Keith Pierce. Yeah. All right, guys. So here with me, I have a very very special guest. Eleven years of professional soccer experience that includes the Bundesliga, the MLS, three-time MLS All-Star, thirty-five caps with the U.S. Men's National Team. You've probably seen him on ESPN, Fox, BN Sports, and I think also at CNN. And currently the chief creative officer for Four Soccer Ventures, Mr. Heath Pierce. Hello, how's it going? Man, I'm like, so, I I mean, obviously my podcast is pretty, we're like now, well, this will be featured on our 21st episode. So we're very like new and to get like someone like yourself is, is pretty huge for us. Um, especially as with your background in, in content creation, because I also believe you did some work with Copa 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I uh, spent four years. I actually retired and went to a company at the time was called Kick TV. It was bought by Copa 90. It eventually became part of the Copa 90 family uh, and spent four years there uh, doing on camera work after I retired. I actually ended up retiring because of the opportunity um, and comparing that to other contract offers that I had to keep playing just seemed like a good good chance. So yeah. I got to spend some time at Copa 90 uh, for, for yeah, so quite a while. That's cool. So we always start off with this is kind of asking everybody, what got you into soccer? Like what made you fall in love with the game? Good question. Um, honestly, I think it was just playing with friends. I grew up in a part of California, very multicultural from... Uh, you know, it, it was a agricultural area. So a lot of farmlands and dairies and ranches. And so we had a lot of uh, Italian and Portuguese people, a lot of Mexican people, a lot of Middle Eastern people. Uh, and so there was just this natural culture of soccer in my neighborhood. Uh, so we had a lot of kids whose dads, you know, none of them knew how to coach or anything like that, but knew the game, right? They, they which in that part of, uh, for Northern California at the time was rare, unless you grew up in most likely a, a Mexican or Hispanic community. So there was a lot of culture of the game and all of my friends played it and we had dads that were coaches and it just was the easiest thing to be able to do, right? Just get together and, and kick a ball around. And so uh, it became kind of a common point for all of us kids to go to the park and play. And and that's sort of how I fell in love. 
That's always the best part. Is like you don't really need much. All you need is a ball, maybe like a few like rolled up like you know jackets, and use them as goals, and you can just have a game like that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I you know, I I go back to a lot of these memories when I was a kid, and that's pretty much what we had. Even as I started to get into like the nine, ten, eleven, twelve range, just go out in the street, put two shoes down, and and you had a goal. Um, you know, you just had to chase the ball longer if you if you scored or or you missed. But if you missed, the person who shot it had to chase it. And if you scored, you didn't have to chase it. So those were the those were the consequences of taking a shot when you play kind of in the middle of the street or something like that. But yeah, it's uh it, it's what made it easy, right? Uh I had access to a park and there were goals that were like, I don't know, five feet tall then and and um we all grew up all me and all my friends that are still my friends to this day uh grew up in the same same neighborhood um and and that was sort of the meeting point and it still is now for all of their kids i don't live there anymore but my friends that still live there that's the meeting point for them and their kids now is the playground where the soccer fields are so going from the playground to now being a pro so what was that moment where you realized like you know holy shit i'm about to be a professional soccer player honestly it was probably after you know, growing up, I, I I never dreamed of being playing for a certain club because of the lack of access to games and things like that. All I knew was like Olympics and national team. Like that was my big goal is like play for the U.S. men's national team. Um, and that was always sort of my dream. So when I played, when I, when I made it professionally, it wasn't until I had my first game that I was like, oh, okay, I'm a pro now. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to play professionally, but I just kind of had it like I blocked out this idea that I might not. Right. It was just sort of like this one track mind of by any means necessary, I'm going to find a club. I'm going to find a team. You know, I'm going to find a way to play professionally and it ended up working out for me. Uh, but it wasn't until I played for the national team that I felt like, okay, now I'm a professional, right? This was a goal that I had set from a, from my childhood. Yeah. I wanted to play professional soccer for a club team, but I never dreamed of being like, until I was older, I didn't grow up from a young age. Like when I was in junior high school, I used to sign Heath Pierce, uh, U.S. men's national team and yearbooks and stuff. Like that was like a goal that I had created uh, in my head that I was going after. So I'd say my first national team game was when I really felt like, oh, I'm a professional now. I've I've, I've achieved something that I had worked to, you know forever to try to get. Man, I bet you a bunch of your classmates right now don't know whether or not to do with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it's it's funny because I didn't remember actually doing that. And it was actually my it was my friends that came back and told me and my, my parents that said you used to sign all your yearbooks this way. You know, when you're young, you're just you're just mm -hmm. doing things. And and uh, so that was always a, a, a huge goal of mine. Whereas when I when I signed my first professional contract and played my first professional game uh, on on the club level, it all just became like, OK, almost like chasing a high and then it's like, okay, what's next, right? How can I improve? How can I get better? How can I get to a bigger club? How can I, whatever. You, you, I didn't have a chance to stop and enjoy it. Whereas like my national team debut, I really had a chance, even though I only played like 20 minutes in that game against Scotland, uh, in Scotland, you know, I subbed on for DeMarcus Beasley. Uh, uh, you know, like I was now on the field with my heroes, many of which I had grown up watching. Uh, and, and it felt like this whole, like, oh, wow, take it all in. Like I'm, I played for the national team. I remember just, I remember every moment of that. Whereas like my first club game, I don't remember a lot from that. So talking about the club level, you did end up playing abroad. Uh, what was it like being an American player, you know, playing in, obviously not in the United States? Yeah, it was different in every place. In, in Copenhagen, it was easy because everybody spoke English, right? And everybody was 
well read and very cultured and so they had an understanding of, of what it was like uh you know in the US uh it was hard at times because it's such a small country that they're all used to traveling around Europe and things like that but they don't know what it was they didn't know what it was like to be nine time zones different for me and this far from my family and the ebb and flow of of being a professional athlete i didn't have a a team of people around me, like all my teammates, right? We had a couple foreign players, but for the most part, they were domestic players. And, you know, the furthest they could have lived is three hour drive from their parents if they were from Denmark or maybe four max. But uh, everybody grew up close and had their network around them, had their friends and had everything. So like this was just their job and their life. Whereas for me, it was a complete fish out of water type thing. But living in the city was easy just because you spoke English. Uh, they spoke English. Whereas when I moved to Germany, Almost no one spoke English. Unless you were like 18 or younger when I got there, uh, then you were learning English in schools. But anybody older than that was learning like Russian or Polish or other second languages. So that was a bit of a struggle. And it wasn't until I learned German that I really felt like, oh, okay, I really like it here because now I can communicate. I can go to the grocery store. I can go to a restaurant. And the people also accept you a lot more when you try to immerse yourself in the culture. So, uh, so yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of distinction to being American other than, you know, other than just being a foreigner in in a, in a foreign place. So, um, but yeah, they were both uh, fantastic experiences and then finished my career in Sweden and very similar to Copenhagen. People spoke English and, and, um, was just a really, people were really warm and, and kind. I think it's uh, interesting how, you know, you didn't really hear about many American players that were uh, playing abroad. I mean, there was like a small handful that did, including yourself. Um, and now it, it just seems like every, every day now we're finding out another American, like recently, uh, hope is the, the new name that, that we're finding out over in, in, uh, in Schalke. Um, so what do you think has changed over the years where now it seems that everybody's trying to get their hands on an American player? Honestly, uh, major league soccer's, I think the main credit for all of this stuff, uh, the development academy from U.S. soccer that's now going to be MLS next. I think all of those things that kind of go unrewarded are the main factors for the success of the players now. There's not outside of Christian Pulisic, who was probably just a little early on the MLS academy side. You've got Weston McKinney was in an academy. Uh, Tyler Adams was in an academy. Uh, Hopa was was in uh, the development academy. Like these guys are all part of a system that is now starting to make sure that we don't have a, one, a bunch of players that fall through the cracks locally, but two, um, have an ability to recognize talent and develop and nurture talent. Uh, that's now creating these pipelines of players that are happening, um, regularly, right? We have these, like we're seeing, you know, seven players in the knockout rounds of the champions league. And this is just the beginning of the amount of players that we have. Like the pipelines are super, super deep. And it's all because these guys are stepping into, you know, you know, my generation, we went to the, the, the best you could get was going to Bradenton for IMG Academy at part of the residency program. And that was the best when I was there was the best 20 kids for your age group in the country, but it was odd years. So I was an 84. So the 83s and the 85s, unless, unless the 85 was a super talent, he didn't come in. So that generation was missed. And then the 86s would come in. And so the 87s would be missed. Um, and so it was just a really broken system. Whereas now, and also you had to move away from home at 15 years old. Whereas now these kids are able to be in professional environments with professional training, 
also understand the rigors of what it's like to be a professional at a young age. So, you know, you go over to Europe at 18, 19, 20 years old. When I got there at 20, it came from a college environment, right? We played four months of the year and, and my environment was as close to a professional environment as you could get. I played under a guy named Clive Charles. He was the Olympic coach at the time. And his whole purpose was, I want to develop pros um, and develop people. So it was a professional environment, but it was still seasonal. It was still part-time versus... Now, now these guys that go to Europe, they've been in the system where they're training every day, training twice a day. They have long preseasons. They're expected to eat and drink a certain way and carry themselves as professionals, uh, which was, I think, also a part that was missing. That's very, it's, it's, it's just a, a normality now. Man. So um, obviously, we kind of covered the, the youth development part of the MLS, but where, uh, how have you seen the MLS evolve from as far as in your perspective? Just go look at the all-star teams. Uh, you know, my, the all-star teams that I was on versus the all-star teams you, you have now in terms of the quality of players, the age of the player, um, the name of the player. It's just, obviously, I think it's a harder place for Americans to develop in the first teams. I don't think, I don't think every player should go abroad. I don't think every player should stay. Uh, but because of the investment and the mechanisms created to improve the rosters, there's less of an emphasis on developing Americans uh, now because it's not Major League Soccer's job to develop Americans in the first teams. It's 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 not U.S. Soccer's job. It's it's you know the player has to be able to 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 compete. And so I think there's still some gaps missing there. But the quality of the league itself, you're starting to see, you know, Atlanta, for example, is taking these top players out of Argentina that are linked to huge clubs in Europe and spending the transfer fee and bringing them in at. 21, 22 years old, knowing that, hey, there's a huge upside uh, and a potential to sell these guys on. And Miguel Almiron, for example, uh, you know, knowing that uh, that uh, there, there's an opportunity that, for that. Obviously, Houston's one of the few uh, MLS clubs that has such a large Central American contingency now, right? It used to be when they first created these mechanisms, then we were developing all, all the players from Central America were coming to MLS. And now... We're going to South America. We're going to South America, and we're going to some of the bigger leagues and bringing in better players. And so, I think that's pushing, uh, limiting the opportunities for some of the Concacaf countries as well. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the league overall is in is in a great place. I think the product on the field is better. I think the more clubs are buying into a philosophy and looking years down the line, you know, our uh, the, the company we have now for Soccer Ventures in the extended family, the, the guy who 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 founded our our business. It's Richie Graham from the Philadelphia Union, um, the one who is behind the YSC Academy that's, you know, now sold Mark McKenzie and 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 Brendan Aronson and and now uh, you know has this pipeline of players coming through. You know, they bought into Jim Curtin. They've given him a long time. Jim Curtin bought into a system. They now have a philosophy. They now have a business model that's sustainable. And Yes, there is a certain point where the fans go, hey, but we also want trophies. You know, we, we want to be entertained. We want trophies. We don't just want there to be this pipeline of players. But um, sorry, I'm on a little bit of a rant right now. But my okay, point is, is that my, 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 my point is, is that the more clubs buy into a long term philosophy and a system, the less you have this turnover like the Galaxy, for example, right now of kind of post Bruce Arena where you know, or sort of the post Landon Donovan, uh, you know, David Beckham era where a new coach comes in, he brings in a whole new staff. You give him a short run, doesn't work out. You change him. Next coach comes in, same thing. Whereas the more you can buy into an actual system. So you're bringing a coach that buys into or agrees with the values of the club. 
uh, the more that you can keep a coach around to help build into that project, like a Jim Curtin at Philadelphia Union. Jim Curtin didn't have great a great start, but it was a process, right? They were building up their academy. They were building up their first team. They were building up their sporting philosophy. And, and I think the more clubs do that, the better this league is going to be for a number of different reasons. The more consistent the style of plays across teams are going to be. Um, you'll never get rid of the fact that Toronto's going to play in certain weather, certain times of the year that, that I never wanted to go and play in Houston in the summer. Uh, you know, you're not going to get rid of those elements that exist or playing at mile high in, in Denver. Those are certain things that are never going to change, but the, the sporting philosophies and the more that you can build that tradition and history within the clubs, the better those clubs are ultimately going to be in the long term, and the better, the more you're going to recruit better players that, that improve the quality of the league, if that makes sense. So where do you see the MLS in, in the next five years? Oh, man, that's a real hard question. Um, it's hard in this pandemic year right now with the CBA happening and everything going on. Um, I don't think that's going to set the league back necessarily, but I would like to see the league be considered by 2026 after we host a World Cup with U.S. and U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Um, a league that has completely different perception globally, right? It's no longer this whole, I would love to finish my career there. And I think we're way past that now, right? People like Messi can finish their career in Major League Soccer. People like Neymar, people like even Griezmann can come. But but now we're starting to see players come at an earlier age when when David Villa came, when um, Giovinco came, when you know we're, we're, uh, even Thierry Henry came, not at the very, very end. And it's only getting younger. Um, Wayne Rooney, same thing. Uh, I, I think Zlatan was a special example, but like I, I see it as a league where you're getting, you're you're now competing with the biggest. Five years is hard, but I I, I want to see the, the I want to see MLS being able to recruit and bring players in in their prime, um, and be part of the conversation when you know take out the top twenty clubs in the world uh, or the super clubs, maybe that's ten, um, where. Major League Soccer teams that are doing it right are in the conversation to bring those players in on big contracts um, in the primes of their careers and uh, is also a, a pipeline for, for development of, of, of young Americans or young players from the region. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and by so the way, by the way, on that, I, I think also more players from Mexico, more, I think, you know, more interleague play will, will take place in the next five years, but more players from Mexico coming at the prime of their careers and on the younger side, seeing, you know, competing with, instead of going to Chivas or America, what's, you know, can you offer the same sort of thing? Do they think that the, the salaries, the quality, the, all those things um, play into it? And I, and I think we're going to see more of that as well. I agree with that. I think uh, the big factor right now is, I mean, obviously, we want to see the MLS clubs compete with with some of the best in the world. But also, I think the first test right now is is to beat a Liga MX side. Which I mean, we we saw uh, LAFC almost had it in the Concacaf Champions League this this past uh, this past uh, final. Almost um, doesn't count. Almost yeah, doesn't count. Doesn't count. But it's like you're you're almost there. You're kind of getting it. But um, I think obviously the first hump will be beating a Liga MX side. But um, just to see where they go when they do get a chance to compete in a club World Cup, um, if if that's still going to be a thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, I remember going into that that final. They were asking, I don't know if it was the Brazilians um, that were playing or or somebody, 
you know, talked about the Club World Cup is like the biggest tournament for the Brazilian league, right? Like you win your, you win domestically or you win your intercontinental tournament. You go to the, uh, you know, you win Copa Lib, you go to the Club World Cup, you get to play Real Madrid. And that's their real, like it's their biggest thing. And, and I still think Club World Cup's probably not the biggest thing for, uh, Mexican teams or, or, or American teams. However, you know, being, I think being the champion of the region is, is bigger than the Club World Cup itself because it's, it's just a, it's, a, it's, it's just different. And I think obviously LAFC had this crazy hard run to get to the final. It should be seen as a success. However, it's still that last hump that Major League Soccer needs, whether it was the LA Galaxy before or it was Toronto FC or it was Montreal. Uh, losing, uh, Salt Lake losing now, uh, now LAFC, same sort of thing. You know, it's a hump that I think MLS needs to get over, um, to, to be able to really put itself in the conversation for, for best in the, you know, the better league in the region or competitive with Mexico, uh, to, to, to think that, um, you know, an LAFC or, or Atlanta, if you put them into Liga Mekis, uh, that they could compete on a regular basis or challenge for titles, right? You need to be able to show that it's not just beating teams along the way. You also have to win those trophies in the final. Well, totally agree. Um, kind of now going with the, the U S men's national team, obviously you have, you've, you've been uh, appeared in 35 games. Um, how much has the U S men's national team changed? Um, in your opinion, uh, in what ways? Um, obviously I think, one, I think it's gotten younger. I, I think that was one of the, the big things to take is also the fact that you're seeing guys that are more, not only doing well in Europe, but seeing guys that are also doing well in, in the MLS. Uh, Jordan Morris was, was one of the names that you think of. Uh, well, obviously he's, uh, going on loan to Swan City. Uh, but now you're seeing, you know, that, that combination of, of what you would hope for the U.S. men's national team, which is, a combination of MLS players, but also abroad players as well. Um, and so is that, is that that good mix and, and kind of, do you see it? How has it changed from, from where you were? Yeah. So to sort of take it a couple steps back, when I first got into the national team under Bruce Arena, it was primarily MLS players and there was some players abroad. Bob was a mix Jurgen was more Euro players than, than domestic. Um, and the reason you're seeing young players now isn't because Greg wants young players, right? Like he still has it. Uh, uh, it's not that he doesn't. It's just that we had this missing generation of players. So the U.S. didn't qualify for, for U-20 World Cups, missed the Olympics twice. That generation of players never showed up. They're gone. Like they, and I don't, I don't know where, who in the late eighties to early nineties born, um, window are, are gone. Right. And so now you've got this crop of players. Uh, that's the first generation of players coming through academies, the first generation of players that are in professional environments and they're young. Right. We're not talking about Weston McKinney, uh, at the prime of his career going to, to Juventus. We're talking about in his early twenties playing every game at Juventus, right? We're not talking about Tyler Adams. Like before, if, 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 if Hoppy or uh, Hoppa, or, uh, Hopa, whatever is, uh, however you say his name, Matthew at Schalke, like we would have been like, 
we would have latched onto him and been like, this is our guy. He's going to, he, he has to be successful. Um, but prior to him scoring these goals, no one talked about him because we've got players everywhere. You know, Josh Sargent plays every game in the Bundesliga. If Josh, and even though he doesn't score much, we would have been like, this is the best striker we've ever had. And now he's a guy that's competing for a starting spot in the national team, but not guaranteed because we've got uh, potentially Akinola, or we've got Daryl DK, we've got, you know, we've got this pipeline of, of, of players. And so it's younger, it's better. The default level of if these guys don't make it to the top clubs in Europe, they default to to something that was better than the, our best guys in our prime, right? When you talk about Michael Bradley at Roma coming off the bench, uh, Clint Dempsey in and out of the lineup at Spurs, but a regular at Tottenham, I mean, uh, at Fulham, you know, the full America area where we are building players that discipline and hardworking, but like generally are fighting relegation every year. Um, you know, and have that good fighting mentality, which helped us qualify for World Cups, but isn't necessarily a recipe for competing with the best national teams in the world. There's just a lot of these pieces that are coming together and a team that's young. Um, and so I think it's a blessing in disguise that we have a missing generation because these guys are going to get minutes. They're going to get caps. They're playing at big clubs. Uh, and they are the face of the future of the national team, not just for their prime, um, not just, you know, for the next decade, potentially. Uh, and then the next young players are going to be coming through. So yeah, it's it's very different than it's ever been. I think they're more positive uh, with with regard to social media and interacting with each other than we've ever seen. You know, they every time one of them's doing well, like all those guys in the national team are all giving each other love on social media. They're friends. They're like they've rallied in the right way, right? We've chucked a ton of pressure on them that it would be easy for them to be, you know, fighting with each other and sort of insecure and kind of like you know, fighting for their own place. But instead, they rallied together with that pressure of the failures of 2018 and now having to carry that burden on their back. So it's it's different in, in a ton of ways, but they still have a lot of work to do um, as a national team. Ton of good individuals. And the flip side is now uh, what happens when you have club over country guys, when you have guys that are all come in and they're all multimillionaires and they are all stars in their own right. And, and, and now they've got to figure out a way to gel together because that's the next step of where this is going that you've got to figure out. So, um, but it's a good problem to have and, and, and certainly uh, very different than, than national teams have passed. Uh, but one thing that we had when I was in the national teams before was that, that unity uh, under Bob Bradley, under, under Bruce Arena, that unity of what it may, means to play for the national team and, and what it means to qualify for a World Cup that these guys got to now figure out together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's positive, uh, looking positive. Uh, yeah, so me and my co-host Edward, we've, we've kind of said that I think we're in, in the beginning of a golden generation for U.S. soccer, um, that it's not going to be just uh, competing for, for gold cups and qualifying for World Cups. We, we could possibly be looking at, at contenders uh once these guys have like that chemistry and that built which i mean i feel like they're building it as we speak right now um would you would that be fair to say that this is a golden generation i don't know if i would call it a golden generation i think because i think that's not giving credit to the what's in the pipeline i think this is the first this is sort of the arrival and while I think it's by far the most talented we've ever had, um, I do think that there's going to be better players coming through that are between 14 and 17 years old right now that are going to be as good or better than this group. 
um, when you look across the, sort of the U.S. soccer landscape. Even 12, 13 years old, we've got players in these pipelines that I think the golden generation is still to come. If you compared this across the history, certainly it's the best. Um, but if you're going to say golden generation, that that is a cyclical cyclical thing, and therefore it's the peak. And I think the peak is still in the in the pipeline. If you have some of these players, 2030. Um, then I think you might be seeing a golden generation with some of these players that will be, you know, in their twenties by then that don't, that aren't even professionals yet. So basically is you guys basically paved the path and now you have this, this crop of players kind of, I guess, putting some men on that trail for, for what's the futures to come. Yeah. I think these players are going to the current players, you know, our old, the older generations, I think did a lot, but they didn't do a, my generation didn't do a lot to to be. We did a lot to earn respect as Americans. We did a lot to earn respect as the American mentality, um, but we didn't do a lot to. And I don't mean just my generation. I think soccer from my generation didn't do a lot to compete on the global stage with the best um, teams, best national teams, best best, and and have players in the best club teams. Uh, for a number of reasons, developmental and all kinds of other stuff. Whereas I think this this crop of players have Jose Mourinho talking about them. You know, this crop of players will cement the U.S. as a developmental um, power, uh, as a respect that these players can now play regularly in the biggest teams at young ages. You know, not just in the prime of their careers. And I think this the the back end of this crop of players with the, the the front end of the next crop of players could be uh, that golden generation. But I do think that this group is not quite, um, you know, uh, I would say not quite. Uh, yeah, just not quite the golden generation yet. I think it has some some pieces that could be part of the golden generation in the, in the future. Uh, but the group that we have now, I don't I don't think we're quite to that yet. Because there's right. some really sick players coming yeah. through that are teenagers now um, that aren't aren't professionals yet. That that um, I think the world is going to 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 want at the biggest clubs. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people have said how 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 Americans have dominated in majority of the sports, and and we feel that soccer is that next thing, especially with all the athletes that come from the United States. I mean, you look at the Olympics and you see the USA kind of just taking over across all the boards. So I mean, it was only—it's only the inevitable, I guess you could say, for for soccer to be the next, the next takeover. Um, but uh, now, kind of going segueing to your life out after soccer, and um, how did you find content creation? Like obviously, like we kind of spoke earlier, you you got with Copa ninety, and now you're the chief creative officer for Four Soccer Ventures. So how did you how did you find that love for content creation? Yeah, like I I. I knew I wanted to get into the media side of things. I liked doing interviews when I was playing. I liked giving better answers than the person next to me. I liked to tell a story. So it was natural to go on, go on to the content creation side. And, and, and I loved it. It was a lot of work learning how to write, learning how to work off of a teleprompter, learning my voice. Um, you know, what's my tone? Who do I want? Like, who is my character in terms of like energy? Am I, am I kind of a sit back and relax? Am I high energy? Like all those things you work through um, allowed me to really focus on something new after, after, you know, retiring. And 
I have probably two conversations a week with guys that are like, Hey man, I think I'm, I think I'm going to retire soon. Would love some advice. I want to stay in soccer. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to give advice to that because there's a million jobs in soccer now, which is great, but you got to know, do you want to work on the field, off the field, in the front office? Do you want to be in content? Do you want to be in digital? Do you want to be in TV? Um, and so I, I was lucky enough to know kind of the route that I wanted to go. Um, and so it made it more fun. And, and there are certain things, especially doing live content that, that replicate playing the game. So, uh, you know, when you're young and playing the game and you first get started and you, you make a bad pass, it's really easy to get in your head, make another bad pass. Or, or now you're like, okay, I got to make up for that. Now I got to try this something even more difficult. Right. And you miss that. And then like get in your head, you end up having a bad game. Similarly, on content creation or anything that's live, you 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 stutter when you talk, or you say a lot of ums and ahs, and then and then uh, you can get in your own head, right? You can learn to let it go, and experience tells you, okay, let it go, move on to the next one. Kind of, you know, have a, have a, a short term memory loss. Um, um, be a goldfish, as they say, um, and or you can get it in your head and you keep on making more mistakes and, and whatever. So it's got all these sort of elements that give you the same adrenaline rush where you lay up all night after a game thinking about, oh man, I should have made that pass. Same thing with content where you lay in your bed and go, oh man, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. better. And so it allows you to tap into that passion that, that you know from playing the game uh, just in a different light. So you know, I, I've 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 loved it, and and Kick TV and Copa ninety. I had you know, you learn the hard way because you know, small teams. You learn if you want to get something done, do it yourself type of stuff. So, uh, I built built really good habits, um, and and helped me to to find a new career that keeps me involved in the game I love. Man, that's the that's the best way to look at it, man. So. Uh, we're gonna have to wrap things up, man. Uh, thank you so much for for doing this interview, man. Uh, like I said, um, well, like I said before, all the, the recording, I'm a big fan of you. I mean, obviously, you're a defender. I, I I used to play defense when when I played soccer, so I always have a soft spot for defenders. Um, but I, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, something I always say is, you know, time is value valuable. It's something that you know you can never get you know back. And whenever someone gives me time, I always want to show them my appreciation for it because you know, like I said, time is valuable. So thank you for being here. And uh, um, if you guys, if you want to tell the listeners where they can find you, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you can find me uh, on all social platforms uh, at Heath Pierce, H-E-A-T-H-P-E-A-R-C-E. Um, and you can find what I'm doing at foursoccer.com. Uh, Four Soccer Ventures is the group. Uh, we focus on things on and off the field uh, from lifestyle to, to trying to improve the game uh, in the youth landscape. Um, and, and develop more fans in the U.S. So if, if you can have a good experience on or off the field, uh, hopefully that makes you a, a long-term fan of the game and, and helps grow the sport in the U.S. So that's where you can find me and that's what I'm doing. And thank you so much uh, for having me on. This is a lot of fun uh, chatting with you and look forward to uh, hearing uh, future episodes. All right, looking forward to it, man. Right on. So thank you and have a good one. Thank you. That interview with Hugh Pierce was brought to you by Fubo TV. Are you tired of cable? Well, we are too. And that is why we want to tell you about Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a streaming service that provides over a hundred channels and without the hassle of a cable contract. If you click on the link on our bio, which is at insert name FC on Instagram and Twitter, you can go ahead and see the link tree. You'll see a link that says Fubo TV. Click right there and start yourself a seven day free trial so you can try it for yourself. But I guarantee you're going to like it. Yes, sir. And Hector has it. He's been having it for years, so I'm pretty damn sure he can speak nothing but I'm a about. very happy customer. So start the seven-day free trial, but I guarantee you're going to want to stay.
Yep. All right. Um, I guess it's time for our players of the week. All right, Edward, who's your player of the week? My player of the week. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is probably biased. Uh, I go for Bruno Fernandez, who's who he scored the winning goal in Manchester United. Surprising win over Liverpool in, in the FA Cup, three to two. So that kind of puts it in perspective. Like it was kind of like a you know two sided goal where Manchester United scored first, then Liverpool, then Manu, then Liverpool again, and then finally he came out and he scored for Manchester United and no, he yeah, got the win. I mean, it was impressive. I mean, the fact that you know, obviously, I mean, you and me both kind of counted on Man U. Yeah, we both chose Liverpool. Last. So, so, <laughs> I mean, they got it done, and Bruno Fernandez has kind of been the catalyst right now for. I think everything go- goes through uh, Bruno Fernandez. To be honest. Yeah, at this point, yeah. So I, I, mean, I really yeah, think so. Respectively, yeah, deserves to be player of the week. Yeah. So what my about- player of the week is Joseph and Nezri, who scores a hat trick in Sevilla's three nothing win against Cadiz. That's 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 good, and it's not like a asterisk hat trick where there's three penalties or nope, no, no, no penalties at all. Just straight up him. I believe it's just straight up him. I, I have, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I, yeah, because not not one said penalty. Not, okay, okay. So, that's good. So yeah, so congrats Shoot. to him. Yes, it's Cadiz, but you know what? Sevilla has, has is a good team, and and we've kind of spoken pretty highly on them throughout this show. Yeah. So we we try we try to we try to keep it, you know, unbiased. But at the same time, it's like we we kind of already know who's up there and who's not. Exactly. All right, man. So we got some games to. Oh well, first we got to congratulate Bruno Fernandez and Joseph and then yeah for the P O T W. Yeah. So all right, game previews. So Edward, the theme. For these game previews is Revenge Week. Revenge Week. I will revenge you. Like that? No? I guess you can say that. Yeah. All right. So our first game is Manchester United versus Arsenal. Obviously, the last time these guys met, Arsenal won one to nothing, which was their first win in the the other another te- team's house of a of a Power Seven club. I guess you can say for for the English Premier League. Yeah. So it was a very shocking win. Um, just because like I don't think anybody expects Arsenal to beat Manchester United, but then again, <laughs> no. This, this is what it was, man. You have two teams that literally had no expectations, yeah. And one is exceeding it, and one is just kind of like, well, we kind of saw this coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, and you know, you got Piquet Arteta. You know, it's kind of like where he's expected to be at right now. Kind of like I, I guess you call it rebuild. But then you got Old Gunner, who, to me, is like a goofball. And but yet somehow he's pulling it off. Yeah, and somehow he's like sitting on top. I I don't know. I don't know. Whatever he does is working. So let's just stick with that plan. I mean, you have to say it because Manu has not lost a single game in their last five games. Yeah, and Manu hasn't scored thirty six goals this season. Yeah, that's actually decent for right now. I mean, it's just. So what do you have to say at this point? Like, are you just kind of? Writing it out, just see where it goes. Yep, I'm putting it all on red. I'm literally in the roller coaster, no sissy bar, no seatbelt. I'm just there with my hands up, waiting for old Gunner to just be like, "All right, I'm gonna put the brakes," or he's just gonna let us ride all the way to the end of the end of the ride. And I mean, I, I just hope he keeps going with it. So, who do you got on this one? I have to say Manchester United. I agree with you. I don't think Arsenal. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, they're gonna they're gonna get the repeat on. Hey, on this, on this is coming off of Arsenal fan, all right. So it, it, there's just so many questions on Arsenal right now. So I just don't think that this is especially like there's so many question marks about this January transfer window. 
So we really don't know what Arsenal's going to do. And I mean, weirdly enough, Man U is the more established. I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's somehow, somehow it's showing up like And without Pogba, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, so we both got Man U. Um, the second game, Bayern Munich versus Hoffenheim. Ooh. Last time these guys met, Hoffenheim beat Bayern four to one. Um, since, well, not since then, but Bayern has won three of their last five games and they have scored a total of 53 goals this season. Damn. Yeah. I, I have to say, I feel like, um, Bayern is going to take this one. I think, I think they get their payback. I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to take anything from Hoffenheim. I just don't think, uh, they're going to get the repeat. I the, really don't. The only thing that if Hoffenheim somehow gets a repeat and they actually still beat Bayern Munich, I mean, you said it earlier. It's, it's something kind of impossible, but it's something to be, even though I they're mean, prop, not, yeah, props. props to them. I, I think, Bar- I, think st- I still think Bayern's going to win the Bundesliga, but that at least like that's going to be like Hoffenheim's, uh, Bragging right, like yeah. we beat the champions. Like yeah. they couldn't beat us this year. Yeah, so they I won mean, because not because of us. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but it, it's kind of like they're stopping the train. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this but, yeah, but I also got Bayern Munich. I think. I mean, when they beat when Hoffenheim beat Bayern Munich, they did not have Robert Lewandowski, and I think mainly it was because they were resting Robert Lewandowski for the German Super Cup. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but they did. Uh, but yeah, so here we are. <laughs> so. But Robert Lewandowski, there's no, there's no, there's no German Super Cup Hoffenheim. So I mean, you're gonna see, you're, you're, gonna, gonna, you're gonna see him. <laughs> you're gonna see him. It's it's the inevitable. They're gonna go in there with their guns blazing, their teeth, their fangs out, and they're just gonna try. Yeah, to so we both got Bayern Munich in this one. Yeah. All right, Barcelona versus Athletic Bilbao. Last time these guys met was the Spanish Super Cup final, where Athletic Bilbao beat Barcelona three to two. Um, yeah, that's that's what happened. Um, both have won four of their last five games, so they're both in form. But Barcelona will be without Messi. Yeah, I mean he he got that suspension, and so right now, I want to say maybe Pjanic can take on the team, maybe Griezmann, and then on the wings you got Dembele and. Trincao, or as you said earlier, Conrad de la Fuente, you know, it could be, he could come in as a sub again. And I mean, he played good. He has the gruff. He wants, he wants to try and score. He wants, he wants, he passes, he fights for the ball. So I think. So in, in your opinion, can a, can a messy list Barcelona beat Adelaide Bilbao? Um, I mean, this is their chance to prove it that they, they can do it without they, Messi. If they if they can prove it that they can do it without Messi, then yeah, I, I really think they they can do it. Like, they, I, I actually do have faith that they can actually win this time. I, I think so too. I don't necessarily. I think that there's still some structure. Like, I mean, they still have a back line. Um, their midfield. I mean, you can. I mean, Pjanic isn't terrible. I, it's a head scratcher of a move, but it it he's not a bad player. Um, it's just a forward line. Is kind of the question mark is the front? Can he? Can Griezmann do something with with whoever he has on the wing? He just or does does Breezy go on the wing and break with? Is that the guy that break break with or whatever the the Dean? Um, I honestly think if Grizzly can actually have fun like he was in those two games that 
basically everybody was saying he's coming back, he's coming back. If you can have fun like that, then yeah, I I, I believe it's, it's possible. You can even do the outside of the box shot if anything, but it's just, I feel like it's being a chore. Like he feels like it's a lot of pressure, so he's not showing up. So he, yeah. he really, he feels like the fans and everybody's expecting so much out of him that it's kind of like sitting on him. I mean, it's a lot of pressure to play for a big club like that. Yeah. Especially I, one I of the that. biggest in the world. So, but you got just, Barcelona. Yeah. But I got Barcelona. I got Barcelona too. So there is that. So, um, yep. That's the game previews. And if I can open up my phone, there we go. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Reading is something that we all should be doing. But do you have the... But do you, What the hell? <laughs> reading is something that I can't do. <laughs> I but, guess he needs it more. <laughs> but, but do you have the discipline to actually read a book? Clearly, I don't. <laughs> um, well, if you are like me... <laughs> like how this ad read goes. <laughs> then we have the perfect solution. And that is Audible. Audible allows you to listen to books at your convenience. So go to audibletrial.com slash insert name FC podcast and start a 30 day free trial. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash insert name FC podcast to start a 30 day free trial. Um, currently I'm actually re-listening American Sniper. And I actually want to like, uh, Audible has some pretty good, um, positive vibes, like positivity kind of books. Like they, they tell you like, this is what you should, you should feel, what you should think instead of having those negative thoughts and stuff. And then sometimes, you know, even, you know, you, you can just listen to those books. You don't even have to be like, you just listen to the quotes that are in the books. And I mean, I know uh, Hector has been in love with Matthew McConaughey's book. Green Light. There you go. And then he also says something else. All right, all right, all right. There you go. I was just waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see your representation of him in Magic Mike. No. Okay. <laughs> then there you go. But anyways, I mean, so they I have... the song. <laughs> did you watch Magic Mike? <laughs> no, but I just saw the previews and stuff. Uh, but anyways, so the there... only thing I know from Magic Mike is that the song "Pony" by Genuine was predominantly a song that I, that wasn't it. I kind of figured. I mean, yeah. Sexual innuendo referencing all over the place. So yeah. But like I was saying, in Audible, I mean there's they got a lot of books. They even have the Rocks book. I'm sure they have if anyone wants to read anything at all, like anything at all, they have it there if, if you like you said, if you don't have the discipline to read or if you just don't want to just read or you Maybe fall asleep. Or you just don't have the time to actually yeah. sit down and read. So then a lot of these uh, Audible books is actually really good to try it out. So just go ahead and Go to say because I can't say I, I'm audibletrial.com slash insert name FC podcast forward slash forward slash yeah so right it's a forward slash I just say slash okay slash so yeah but uh but yeah no I mean um but not only will you starting a 30 day free trial help yourself but you will also be helping insert name FC podcast because that is actually a direct affiliate to us e. so there is that all right Edward Three up, three down. And I decided to do something a little bit interesting. Um, this kind of inspired by... So on Tuesday, you guys probably already heard, um, Insert Name FC and Kelsey from High and Low Sports are actually teaming up to start a network 
uh, soccer show called, wait for it, Unhinged FC. <laughs> um, Goes perfectly. It, it was also my idea. <laughs> well, there you go. Kelsey did not stop at all, even though that was basically our template. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, huh. the, 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 the thing we make fun of all the MLS teams for with our title of our show is what we're basically yeah, doing basically, with the title yeah. of this. Yeah. Anyways, so Unhinged FC. So for at least for starters, we're going to be covering the Champions League. So we'll be featured on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because those are going to be match days for, for Champions League matches. But obviously the goal will be to also do tournaments. So like Gold Cup, World Cup, Euros. Euros is also going to be coming this summer. So you'll hear me and Edward talk about your European international games. But yeah, so it's going to be me and Edward and Kelsey from the High and Low Sportscast. This person, high and low sports. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kelsey. Sorry, I tried. And Kelsey, Kelsey's a really awesome, chill person. So, yeah, he's really laid back. But, anyway, so I mean, if you heard the preview, you got to kind of hear a look. Weirdly enough, I think we all gelled pretty well, even yeah. though I mean, I've talked to Kelsey just because of all the board meetings that we do for Unhinged, but um, but that that was our your first time interacting. We were just shooting the shit, and dude, I was like, I think we we talked to him for like a good thirty something minutes, yeah, maybe an hour. I think. I think we were like saying, okay, yeah, now it's time to go to bed. Yeah, and then we were still, just still just talking and stuff. All right, guys, we gotta go. Okay, yeah, so, gotta so, go. so yeah, it was okay. one of those. So I mean, I think we're gonna be a great group. Um, hopefully, we get to see some guys from uh, across Unhinged to kind of also join in to just be part of the discussion. Um, even if they don't know much about soccer, I mean, you know, just if they want to, you know. Learn or anything like that. Obviously, you, me, Edward, and, and you guys are welcome too. You, me, and Edward. Yeah. <laughs> you, me, and Edward. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, me, and Some, somebody, somebody over here. <laughs> you, me, and Edward. Apparently, it's not only that he can't read, but he can't see who's in front of him because I'm but like, Edward, right. Edward, I, I, clearly, I can't. I mean, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, me, and uh, Edward. We actually, I think we'll be a great group. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so we'll catch us on FC. You'll catch us on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, at least for Champions League wise, and then you know, once we get to like the 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 tournaments and all that, you'll 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 see by match day. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. make sure. Yes, sir. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, so when we were kind of shooting the shit with with Kelsey, we were talking about being a '90s kid, um, because we were all from the '90s. Um, and I mean, obviously, if you're from the '90s, you're like '88, '87, even. Um, all the way to like '90. So like, late, if you were born in the late '80s and early '90s. I feel like you have the right to say you're a 90s kid. Yeah. So I was born in 91. So I'm I was 89. So we, if you were able to at least remember a big chunk of the 90s, yeah. then you're a 90s kid. Yep. Um, so yeah, so this was, this is the inspiration for this, uh, which is three up, three down being the, being from the 90s. So Spencer's bottom three is school uniforms. That's true. They suck. I mean, they suck so much. Uh, power sports that I couldn't afford. I mean, I'm guessing he he means like uh, dirt biking. Basically, I mean, now, I mean now he doesn't. But. We never, we never got anything like that. I think the most. I mean, we we lived in we were, we lived in the we, we live in a in an urban community, so it's not like dirt trails is a thing here. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like I um, mean, it's been, Spencer's from Bama. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bama, everything's a dirt bro. <laughs> no, oh no, damn. I mean, I don't know, Spencer. You can go ahead and and say, rev rev up like a dirt bike sound, and uh, like when you get to this part, if you, if you get if to, anything, if, if if he actually listens to this podcast, oh, I bet you he will. <laughs> if anything, he's gonna text you and say, "What you talking about, Willis?" You know, 
pretty. Yeah, that is a ninety. No, I mean, is it? Was that? It's like eighties, nineties, okay. somewhere around there. All right, and number one, Y two K. I mean, everybody went crazy. No, I mean, how everybody. Many, thought, how many TV shows made so many jokes about Y two K? Everybody thought that King of the Hill did a Y two K episode. Y two K episode. Family Guy did a Y two K episode. Simpsons. The Simpsons did a Y two K episode. Um, who else? I, I wouldn't be surprised if South Park did. I'm, uh, I think they did. No, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I mean, it's just I honestly. Everybody thought that everything was going to go downhill, that everything was going to break down, computers were going to shut off, everything was basically going to shut off. I still remember, like, a lot of people went to the banks and took out their monies, like, all the, the, all the moolah. Yeah, took out their money, you got people going. Okay, so this is one thing I don't, I, I, I mean, I guess I kind of understand. But why is it the first thing that's always gone is the toilet paper? I don't know. I guess people think that they can't. Look, my thing is, I already said it before. It's a good, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to get toilet paper, but I just find it interesting that that's what we prioritize is like, we need to go get toilet paper. To um, me, to me, that's a luxury. The, pa- the pandemic. Let's go get toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's a luxury because literally, you're going to take a shit. It's not like you're going to take a shit like three or four or five times a day. It's probably maybe twice. Get in the shower. Fucking turn on the fucking thing I in the shower. To, I was actually just fucking wipe your ass. Dude, literally, you don't have to. You don't. You don't I mean, it sounds disgusting using a loofah. Okay, I didn't say anything about using a loofah. I didn't say anything about that. I just said turn on the shower. So what do you use to clean yourself? Dude, uh, literally, I honestly haven't even tried it because I've had toilet paper. But if anything, just let the shower, just let the water do the work. I mean, that's basically a bidet. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Honestly. But if people are actually, you know, doing that, then yeah. So, um, all right. So that's Spence. Everybody's gonna probably look at me like so, oh, weird school shit. uniforms, power sports that I couldn't afford, and Y two K. Yeah. So all right, and then I guess here's my bottom three: um, floppy disks. For all you kids who know what floppy disks are, I just didn't get the logic of the floppy disk. I just didn't get it. You have a little switch that doesn't let you save anything. Yeah, and then what was the point of that switch? Like, okay, so the point of that switch was security. I guess it was supposedly. Security in a way, it was like if you had some stuff sensitive that you wanted, yeah, sensitive information. So you would go on the top, I think it was the top right or top left. It had that little shit. So you couldn't save anything, but at the same time, you couldn't delete anything. So it's basically like it just kept it secure. It, I just thought it was a weird, a weird thing to have. You know what the fuck up part was though? If that shit broke and it stayed locked, you're screwed. You, you're screwed. You're, as Bert would say, you're a screwed mood and tattooed. You know, you're fucked. Because, uh, I mean, at that point, and there was a lot of times that it would happen that you try to unlock it, but it would stay locked because the little shit was broken yeah, or so, vice yeah, versa. So, yeah, floppy disks were just weird. I just, and you can't even save it. It was like five assignments and it's already full. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, that. Number two has to do with computers again. Dial up internet. Imagine yeah. having to stream or listen to our podcast while you're dial up. Literally, everyone would be like, eh, especially, it, it, especially it, if it. someone had to like make a call, bro. Oh god, when you pick up the phone, have you ever? I still remember I would get yelled at because I was on the internet. All of a sudden, I hear hear my mom, Edward, get off the internet. I'm trying to use the phone. And I was like, oh crap. I was like, I guess that's my time to go. Yeah. So. When, when they when dial up. When dial-up was gone, and then they had the the high-speed internet, the, the DSL, DSL, that was a game changer. Yep, 
Who was? I still remember the the AOL CD, the, the oh, 30, God, day, free the 30 day free trial. Okay. I don't know how many uh, of those Net I went Zero. through. Was Net Zero? Net Zero. Net Zero was just, it was the cheapest one. I think AOL was like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And technically, it was the safest, best one out there. Net Zero was like 10 bucks. If you wanted the Net Zero high speed, uh, was like 15. But yeah, so but yeah, dial up internet sucked. Yeah. Uh, and my number one, if you didn't have cable growing up, you would basically, you'd only be able to watch Spider Man or any other superhero cartoon only on Saturday mornings because they didn't have it during the weekday. Even though the weekday, early in the mornings, they did have like the text every show. Tom and Jerry, they had a good shit, but they didn't have like Spider-Man, Batman. You literally would have to wait till Saturday to get that. And even Sundays, like you couldn't watch cartoons on Sundays at all. Like at all. No, so that was like the, what was it called? The, the it was like seven club, club seven or the seven ninety. Yeah. Some, some, the, whatever that, that, some, that 700 trip. club or something. Like yeah. That. The, the, yeah. 700 club. Yeah. So it was that. And then, um, but all in all, if you had cable, you had Cartoon Network, you had Nickelodeon, you had Disney Channel. You basically, you, those three channels are basically everything you no, need. I, I agree with you, but I feel like you didn't really need cable because I feel like you had some pretty good programs, if that makes sense. Not, du- not during the day. You had Fox. Fox didn't really have Like during much. the day or you're talking about yeah. during the week? No, during the day. Like during the week. I mean, after school. You oh, had courtroom watched- TV? You want to watch courtroom TV? Not really. Jerry Springer? Okay, come on, Jerry Springer. I mean, I probably understood that later on when I was older, but it's still pretty when entertaining. I was, when I was young, I was like, "What the hell is this?" I don't want still to pretty talk show. entertaining, especially entertaining when they had now. like the midget fights. Oh god, here we go. I mean, little people fights, little people fights. Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways, <clears throat> moving on from that. <clears throat> so my top three were floppy disk, dollop internet, and basically not having any cable or just waiting for Saturdays. First world problem, man. Yep. All right. What about you? All right, at number three, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, number, at number three, um, so I did have marbles, but I sucked. And when you suck at marbles, you lose your marbles. Especially the cat eye ones. Everybody wanted those. Oh, man, those things were so cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I wasn't really good at marbles. It was a fun game, but obviously when someone beats you in marbles, whatever marbles they, they, they beat, they, they take them. So it was like, damn, this kind of sucks. He was playing the underground street rules kind of shit. Like, man, this sucks, man. Like, like, who game sucks. I think man. there was one time I think I gave you one of my like shiny marbles and I told you, I was like, here, try this one. And you used it and I think you lost it to whoever you played. Yeah, I still lost. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, yeah, uh, losing marbles sucked. Uh, number two, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a '90s game, but I know I played it a lot when I was when I was a kid in the '90s, and that was Red Rover. Oh. So the, a lot of the open field games that we would play, like tag or laser tag, a lot of tags apparently. Duck the goose, freeze tag, freeze tag, duck the goose, hide and seek. Like there's some pretty cool games that I mean not cool, but I mean some games that we found entertaining. But I never really liked Red Rover. Mm. Uh, I still don't know much about it. So. But yeah, so Red Rover, essentially, I'm going to try to make this quick. So you have two lines, two groups of lines, and you, everybody's holding hands. It, it's already sounds weird as fuck as I'm describing it. But so the point of the game is you call out somebody from the other line. So you're like, okay, like Red Rover or Rover said over, uh, Edward Red Rover. You would run 
and would try to like break one of the links. So like one of the people, like one of the hands, of the group of hands. So you would try to break it. If you can break it, then you get to pick between the two people that you broke, and you take them over back to your line. Or if you're unable to break it, then you join our line, and that's how. You, so the point of the game is to go till, you know, obviously, there's none on one end. So that's kind of what the game was. It just seemed kind of stupid. I never really, I never just. I mean, I mean, I bulldozed through everybody. So I mean, yeah, you were a big kid. Yeah, I mean, I was fat. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah. So Red Rover didn't really care too much for it. And then uh, number one, and it's it's not like like I mean. It's cool when you you were able to like know all these phone numbers, but it sucked when you just got a new number. When someone gives you a new number and you had nothing to write it down with, so you would actually like try to remember like it's like oh uh, 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 three six three four 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 five two eight three. You're like uh, you kept saying over and over again and over and over again, and like and you and then once you're finally have like right in front of a piece of paper and, and pen, and you're writing it down, and you're like. Fuck, was it a five or a seven? Um, so, it, so basically not having cell phones at that time. So, and it was funny was like, um, when you really look at it back at it, when you had like planners. Oh, yeah. Planners, like there was a little segment where you actually had like uh, an address book. Yeah. It was like an address portion. So you can actually like yeah. get people's addresses or write, get enough phone numbers. Right. You're like, man, that was so handy. Or a, te- a teletext. Oh god, the Rolodex. <laughs> the Rolodex. God, yeah. I mean, I saw. It's funny because now people are still like, there's still planners out there or the phone number, little libretas and stuff out there. My mom still uses hers. Yeah, my mom still uses hers as well. So little phone notepads. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, so my my bottom three are losing losing to marbles, Red Rover. And trying to memorize new phone numbers. All right, all right. Let's go to, to the top. All right, so top three for Spencer. Number three is all that. I mean, if you grew up in the nineties, you know that that's it, it was all it was that. yeah it was our SNL. All Basically, it was our and actually Keenan Thompson. Weirdly enough, is yeah, now is. SNL. Um, yeah. So that's wow. That's really wild. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's crazy to think now. A lot of the char- uh, well, not the characters. A lot of the actors that were in that show. Because you had Amanda Bynes. Okay. Well, Amanda Bynes kind of fell off. Um, but she had her own show right after that. She, she, she had like, in, as far as as a child, she had a lot of success. Yeah. I mean, she she had also she was also in a lot of movies. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. I think the last time I saw her was like Easy A. Oh, uh, really? Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was the Christian girl. Yeah. Um. um yeah, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Which I mean, I guess you can say has had a lot of success. Mainly in the the hosting, Mile and out, you know, um, Mass Singer, Mass Singer, America's not got talent, but I think now Terry Crews has. Terry Crews is the one who's doing that. Um, Gabriel guesses. He's had a lot of success. Yeah. It's a stand-up comedy, and he's on his own show. I'm honestly, I have to say, I don't like the Gabriel. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, to be honest. It's kind. Of, it, I mean, it's a sitcom. I, I don't. I thought I grew. I, no, I, I actually felt like I'd never grown out of sitcoms because I love sitcoms. Yeah, sitcoms are but fun. But I just don't like his sitcom. Um, yeah, but there's been a lot of people that go through all that and then they actually make it out. You know, pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, it's a really good show. It was an awesome show. 
They had the little skits going. The skits. They had the Mah! so that was a man. Oh no, that, that was Amanda Bynes. Yeah, oh, um, shit. I, 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 but I love the musical guests that they were bringing because they were. Oh yeah. It was essentially SNL, but for kids. Like they had like the music performances at the end, um, so that that was really cool. But yeah, so all that was definitely a great show. Um, I, 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 I'm like, man, I always wanted an all that shirt. I don't know what it was, but I, I thought they were so cool. Um, sports team jackets. So I'm guessing Spencer's referring to the starter jackets. Sport, yeah. Like if you're in a sports team in school, but like it's crazy how popular those things are now. Yeah, the starter yeah, jackets. Um, I mean. Champion used to be a brand that everybody made fun of you for wearing. Now it's like forty-five bucks for a t-shirt or even like a like a thin it's hoodie. It's so wild to me and that like back I, back then it was like ten dollars. You would find that shit at Walmart for like ten dollars or even Ross. Like, we used to make fun of the kid that wore champion. Bro, I had I had I had I had a champion t-shirt that had the little ch, and then my dad, even my dad, would wear the champions like like nothing. And it's like my dad would wear his clothes, and now I look at these kids now. I'm like. They're rocking champion. It's like a ridiculously big champion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so sports team jackets and then number one, Chaha, just because it was just so much simpler. And it was good. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, man. So what's your what's your top three? My top three is um number one, the Nintendo slash Super Nintendo. I mean Great times. I grew up with that, Super Mario, hell, Contra, um a freaking what was it, Street Fighter. NBA Jam, Donkey Kong, NBA Jam. He's on fire! You know, Boom shakalaka. Uh, from downtown. And then every time he would foul, always, oh, it never failed. Every time it was like at the last quarter, and then like maybe a few seconds left, you would always get fouled. I would love to see. Always. I would love to see them. Not necessarily like bring it back because I would hate to hate them to ruin that game, but like do a. Uh, do like do a do, do a better version that they did with for PS3 or 360, but still be like the traditional yeah. NBA Jam mm-hmm. game, and it, and it, and just do like you know modern players. Yeah, so that would be pretty, pretty cool. cool. I feel like everybody would use the Brooklyn Nets just because they have KD, Kyrie, and, and James Harden now. So yeah. there's that. Um, my number two is another video game reference: uh, the backyard sports games. Oh man, yeah, uh, those games, bro, those, those are so much fun. Pablo. Pablo Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez. Dante the, Robinson. The Not the weapon. Dante Robinson. The secret weapon. Yeah, the secret weapon. That was his, actually his nickname. Secret weapon. Pete Wheeler. Pete Wheeler. I feel like Pete Wheeler and, uh, and, and I mean, Pablo is going to be the best, the best player in the game, but Pete Wheeler was ridiculously fast. Yeah. And then, um, what you call it? I think Dante Robinson was ridiculously fast. He was short, but he was like, he was ridiculously fast. Because I remember, um, uh, and, and whenever I played backyard baseball, I would use Pete Wheeler. I would just have him bunt, but he always gets on base. Yeah. Um, but okay. So for those people who don't know what backyard sports are, uh, those backyard games that, that you would buy on PC, and I think soccer came off of PS1. They still make them now. So- soccer was also on the PC. Oh, okay. Well, they still make them now. Um, but they're just so next generation. Like it looks 3D, but before it was just like, the little 2D pictures. I think I, I think I saw one for the football one and like Pablo doesn't even look like Pablo. Yeah, they, they changed them up so much. But it's like they have those, the randomized kids who they bring in, but they also have like the football stars or like the soccer stars. stars yeah. I mean, they had like KG, Leslie, uh, Lisa Leslie. For the NBA one. Uh, um, they even had hockey. They had um, baseball. 
Um, I mean, they had all the yeah, sports basically because they got they got the the, the license the licensing from them. I think it was like O two where they got the licensing for like football. Yeah, so it was pretty cool, man. I mean, it, it was just a fun game, but yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um. Okay. And my number one is this is for all my Batman fans out there. Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker. That by far to me is the best the Batman w, out there. The WB. Yes. Uh, the Warner Brothers. The WB. Batman, that by far is the best Batman voiceover and Joker voiceover. Even they even reused them for Arkham, you know, for the Arkham games. Man, like that shit is awesome. Even for the newer movies nowadays, they would use them as well. But that's nice. that's my yeah. shit. Um, so number number three, uh, Nintendo slash Super Nintendo. Number two, the backyard video games, and then number one, Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as Joker. So. If you guys are listening, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, you know, giving you all a shout out. Yeah. All right. So for me, at number three, I have Chuck Taylors. Kind of going, kind of what we were saying about champion. Even though, like, I think everybody loved Chuck Taylors. Um, obviously, I did too. I, mainly just because, like, uh, growing up for me, like, I had like I was only allowed to have two shoes every every school year. One was my church shoes, and then one was my everyday shoe. And so Chuck Taylors were just kind of like. The easy choice because I could play soccer and I could play basketball in them. Like I could play, I could do anything with them, and they actually look pretty cool as they get worn out. Yeah. So um, yeah, Chuck Taylor was just, and it was just very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. Nowadays, but, nowadays they're like fifty bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, that's crazy, and then it's crazy how we look at it as champions. Like champion was this like cheap brand that no one wanted to wear. And now it's like everybody wants to wear it. Yeah. I mean, even look at snapbacks. Snapbacks in the '90s were cool. And then, you know, and then it was all about fitted caps. Like, everybody wants to wear fitted, yeah. which, I mean, I'm still loyal to the fitted caps. But, and then now it's like, everybody wants to rock a snapback. Or, well, no, actually, no, I take that back. I think now everybody wants to wear the dad hats. is what they call the, the strap back. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's that. Um, but, number two, I'm going to say the programs, I think, were the TV shows, I think, were, like, so much... I don't know. I feel like they just hit differently. I mean, you had Keenan and Kel, you had Moesha, you had, you know, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Family Matters. I, I, think, I think Fresh Prince of Bel Air cannot be, can be, is going to be untouched. I think no one can. Uh, Martin. Yeah. Um. But even the TV shows, man. Like I think the TV shows. I mean, you, we mentioned Batman. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Spider Man series. I love the X Men. Uh, yeah. X Men series. Uh. Shoot, we had Power Rangers. I mean, take it for which one. Pokemon. Digimon. 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 Um. I mean, you know, Nickelodeon, man. Like was. Nickelodeon was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, Legends of Hidden Tomb, you had Hey Arnold, The Rugrats. It was a bunch of good stuff, man. Yeah, it really was. All right. So at number two, and, 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 uh, at number one, I have, I think it was just like, we just came from a simpler, kind of like going with Spencer, it was a simpler time, but I mean, like, we went out and played. I mean, you know, we, we weren't at home. Jesus Christ. We weren't just in the house. Like, you know, we were, I don't know if you guys heard Robo just snore, but, um, we were not just in the house. I mean, like, at the end, like, after we do- got done with our homework, we would kind of just go to the park and play. Shit. I think and then come back, like, before it got dark. Remember, I remember high school? As soon as school let out, we wouldn't even do our, like, after school programming or whatever. Like, sometimes we'd just go and play in front of the school. Yeah, we go, we just play soccer. Play soccer in front of school. Like, until, like, six. The, that was 2000, but. Yeah, but still. No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but yeah. So to reiterate my 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 top three. 
uh, Chuck Taylors, the TV shows, and uh, just going out and playing. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Remember when we got the boss stuck up in the tree? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, years later, it finally fell down. It fell down on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Mr. Ra- Damn, man. RIP to Mr. Raymond. But Mr. Raymond came out with his uh, fishing rod trying to get it out. I don't know what he was going to do with a fishing rod, but he went for it. I'll give him that. So shout out to Mr. Raymond. RIP. RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the show. Um, I want to give a shout out to Unhinged Sports, man. Um, so the way we're doing, we're dropping these episodes, man. So at Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, it will be the premiere at unhingedsn.com. That is the way you're going to first listen to Insert Name FC's episodes. So if you're listening to this from Unhinged Sports, uh, from unhingedsn.com, Thank you. <laughs> but immediately after, it will be made available for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. But just know that the premiere episode, the premiere will be at 11 a.m. Central Time at Unhinged Sports. So at unhingedsn.com. And if you want to be notified of when we drop our, ep- when our episodes are actually available at Unhinged Sports, well, follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. So you'll be notified when we're available. So you can click and listen to us so we can go ahead and win podcast of the year. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Unhinged Sports, man. Um, me and Edward and Spencer, we all, you know, thought that this was a great opportunity and we took it and we haven't looked back. And so, um, for sure, you know, we, we are proud members of the Unhinged Sports Network. So become unhinged. Yeah. Also, shout out to Alejandro Gomez, the creator of the Insert Name SC logo. Um, we love it. Edward loves it. I love it. She made us a really cool graphic. We love her. Um, what? What? Hi. What you say? Okay, whatever. I said I love her. Hi. Okay. Hi. Two hours later. Hi. I'm bone dry. Jesus Christ, man. Stop <laughs> being weird. All right. <laughs> if you guys want a logo to be done for yourself, or maybe you just need a graphic to be done for you. Well, hit her up, hit her up at, on Instagram at Alec Gomez Graphics. Once again, it's at Alec Gomez Graphics. Hit her up. Tell her that what you're looking for and let her, let her do her work. But yeah. So there's that. And of course, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else to give this guy some props, man, but he works hard for us, man. He does so much for us. Yeah. He makes these great beats for our intro and outro. He makes us sound the way we sound. And, and that, of course, is our producer. Roosevelt Spencer still sounds so fucking weird to say Roosevelt. <laughs> um, the, like I said, the producer of the show. Um, so if you guys like our sound, if you guys like the beats that we have for this show, hit them up at that guy dope on Instagram at that guy dope. Um, and go ahead and, and figure out a collaboration with him. Yeah. That dude's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Hey man, he made some of the beats for NGU booby. Yeah, so, I mean, shout out to him. He actually, I believe, actually did drop a. I think he dropped a song, uh, recently. I know he 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 promoted on on Instagram. So, you know, check out our boy Angie Booby as well. Yeah, friend of the show. But yeah, man, that is the episode. Thanks for listening, and catch us next week for episode twenty-two, the Ricardo Kaká episode. Yep, one of the best that we don't talk about that much. Yep, exactly. But. He's he's a beast. He's a beast. All right, man. So catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Rock with you.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.